I'm Shivani Gupta and welcome to the Ask Shivani Podcast. I believe that one of the best presents that you can give yourself is time to be able to sit down and ask yourself some questions. I believe that the quality of the questions that you ask yourself will determine the quality of your life. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Ask Shivani podcast. I am really, really excited to have Nick Hathaly uh, on as my guest today. I got an opportunity to meet Nick maybe almost about a decade ago uh, in our previous lives. Uh, She is a leading brand and leadership strategist. She's an amazing international keynote speaker, facilitator, uh, published writer, and also uh, her own podcast producer. She's got uh, almost 30 years experience delivering um, award-winning strategies for the iconic and international brands and global thought leaders. And now she's the director of Brandtree North, where she works with business leaders and thought leaders and founders and entrepreneurs to position their brand for maximum impact and personal brand, leadership brand, and also profiling for high credibility. I have been one of the lucky ones I've had an opportunity to work with Nick in her program, which hopefully I'll get her speaking um, about. And it's really helped me since I've done some of that branding work. I've had a number of people say, hey, I really like your new brand. And I go, yeah, Nick Hathaly. So welcome, Nick. Oh, where do you go from there? That's awesome. When I sit and hear you um, share that, first of all, I think that's really, I've been doing this a long time, but I started really young. It was legal back then. Um, but it is really, it is really uh, wonderful to work across the spectrum of, of business and brands. And as you know now, more, um, more and more these days, I've kind of transitioned from being this human uh, branding businesses to now being in the business of branding incredible humans. So um, yeah, that's where we got to work together. But I'm so excited to be here. It was like the night before Christmas last night. I was so excited. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm more excited than you, Nick. Now, Nick, you know, when we look at 27 years, almost 30 years of doing this sort of work, um, obviously the ups and downs of the different journey you've been through um, and also, you know, that's just work. And then we've got our personal part. Have there been three, four, five pivotal moments, maybe amazing things but horrible things, you know, the ups and downs of life that have happened that have become those transformational moments for you in getting to where you have today? Oh, yeah, more than two or three or four. I'm just thinking back of all those times I've kind of been somewhere sliding down the wall, crying so much. I think I was even drinking my own snot, uh, ugly crying. But, um, yeah, look, it's when you talk about 30 years, I guess my journey was never linear. I didn't have any clear path or a plan or a rhythm. And that for decades that used to really trouble me. I... I guess I crave that stability of having the uni degree and a career path and a firm progression that lots of my friends had. They had vocations and these awesome careers. And um, instead, I, I don't know, I don't know what possessed me. I deferred from uni for a gap year, moved to the from the comfort. I, I lived, grew up in Canberra, and back then it was a big, small country town. Everyone knew you and your family. And I came to the big smoke of Sydney when I was about eighteen. And by the time I was 20, I was living, you know, a true gypsy uh, nature, my true gypsy nature. I was traveling around the world with absolutely no plan and living in the moment, job to job. I had no fixed address. And I just, I think, focused on the week that I was in (laughs) any given time. And I did that for years. 
Um, but I eventually came home and, and settled. And at the relatively ripe old age of 28, I realized what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> I say that because I dived, uh, well, I negotiated my way um, into the sparkling and seductive world of advertising. I always knew how to articulate value. I always had the right words for the right person at the right time. I could sell anything, but always verbally. So I knew I had that. And so at 28, everyone else was kind of these group account directors. And I started right at the bottom, near the mailroom. Um, but over eight years at Leo Burnett, I um, worked my way up um, and I was hooked. I went from entry level to executive level. And it was the most incredible time. And I think the only time when you're talking about pivotal, some people believed in me, even if I didn't have a uni degree, um, they believed in me and I, and I proved them right. I made them right and I made them really proud. And I was on the agency pitch team and we were perpetually pitching for big ass business. Um, and it was, I was always on edge. You're always like, am I good enough? Is this good enough? But I had the ability to cut through the BS and, and articulate, you know, the agency's value and wordsmith every brand's unique selling proposition with this clarity and confidence and cut through that never heard of before. And we won most of the pictures we delivered. So I knew I knew I had something, but nothing formalized. And so um, a pivotal time then, because when you're working in agency, and I'm sure many people out there have worked in agency, it's service-based, you know, the client dumps something on you on a Friday afternoon, you've got to be scrambling all weekend. And and um, a pivotal moment, Shivani, is when I went client side and, you know, I became the brand decision maker. And that was so different to being the brand, you know, creator and, uh, and the brand servicer. And it beautifully rounded out this expertise and experience. But I really became brand amphibious. I could do both sides. And I think um, being client side, I kind of rapidly kind of went up that executive leadership ladder accidentally. I <laughs> went from, you know, executive leadership role to executive leadership role. And that became my creative world. So leadership was everything to me. And I was a decade, as you know, this is where we met, a decade in financial services at uh, Commonwealth Bank, leading quite big teams and you know, co-creating incredible um, social business community, collecting, connecting over 80,000 women in business. And I realized it was humans that I really wanted to champion and brand and help everyone in my team's personal brand and celebrate their own, you know, leadership brands. And I was designing my own formidable leadership brand when I was internal, which was kind of unheard of 15 years ago. And that's when I got the power of brand positioning and, and how innate it is. Um, and one of those moments where, yep, for many times I was sliding down the walls, like let's just call them pivotal moments in my ugly cry face phase was, you know, stepping out into my own business. It was really, I knew what I wanted to do and I set up for success. I was actually very entrepreneurially uh, running my own programs within um, the executive management level of, of ComBank. You know, I was trained by LinkedIn for LinkedIn social selling and I was leading these social selling 
um, I guess, courses and programs internally and building that up and knowing that I could use that externally. But nothing prepares you for when you dive out of corporate, I guess. And I see this so now so often, didn't realise I was caught in it, but it took me three years to transition from the discipline of learned leadership, which I was really good at, and most of us in corporate are really good at learned leadership, into really finding my own authentic leadership, innate leadership. What was I good at if I wasn't following? And I just kind of tried to keep replicating that discipline. And I didn't get, I've got to say, until about six months ago, three years into my own business, which is super successful, I didn't get that I had the autonomy to choose. You know, I was, um, I was almost at burnout um, most of the time and trying to rebuild or, or trying to build my business as I did in corporate and it wasn't working and so that was the biggest lesson, I guess, getting close to burnout or probably at burnout, freaking out, falling down, cave dwelling and coming back again, all while keeping the facade going. And I realised that what really mattered to me was working with incredible humans. I still brand businesses, but I'm really focused on the impact and legacy side of it, Shivani, rather than pushing products and services. They all work together, but I start from the end and work back. And it's been incredibly hard. And through Brand Your Way, as you're talking about the program and working in our wonderful mastermind, I'm just here so I can shortcut that distance for, for everyone else. Yeah, that's great. I love that you so openly and vulnerably shared that just to say, yeah, kind of this didn't work. And this didn't work. And I think the other thing that you highlighted there, Nick, was that this facade that we all keep going, particularly as women, that we, you know, want to look all, yep, everything's all together and it kind of in the back scenes, it isn't, which probably leads me on to my next question that, you know, when challenges come your way and those challenges come all our way, how do you go about dealing with it? Do you have a process? Do you have a system? Do you have a methodology? Do you sleep on it? What do you do when something just hits you and you know you've got to work through it? Yeah, such a good question. I think every good coach, at the heart of every good coach, is their coach kicking their ass. So I've always had coaches, and I invest in them. They're probably the biggest investment I make in my business. So my methodology is I can't tickle myself. So even as an executive coach and board advisor, I can't, I can't see it or do it for myself. So knowing that I've got them in my corner. And I guess the biggest thing is I need to step back and articulate what's going on the best I can. And that really helps if I can articulate it and get out of the, am I allowed to swear, get out of my own bullshit, get out of that narrative and story. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's a beautiful work of Byron Katie, um, which is called The Work. And for everyone out there, please go and be really um, insatiably curious about it because they're just these questions that you ask your narrative. And I would sit there going, you know, I can't do this. I'm just not enough, which I did this morning as well. It doesn't leave you. And so I put out all the reasons why I'm really crap at this and I'm never going to get anywhere at that. Uh, whatever it is on the day, Shivani. And the questions are, is that the truth? 
And that's the first question. You've got to stop in your little victimhood tracks and go, no, <laughs> it's not. So I guess um, the first thing is everyone needs someone in their corner who is not just being nice to them. They know you've got this. You know, someone who's trained to kick your ass. <laughs> but to pick you up as well in the most... Um, I guess, structured and, and gentler ways, but sit in the narrative first. What are you feeling? And I guess um, that work of Byron Katie, I always ask myself, what's the story here? And is that story true? Then the next question is, how do I know that to be true? So when I can't do this, I go, is that true? Yes, because I've never done it before. Well, what else have you done that's like it? Okay, well, built a really successful business, you know, worked across the globe. You just put all these things down, right? Do you think the person who can do that can do this? Yes. And then my final thing that I ask myself, is this, is this purely because I just haven't experienced this before? Because experience trumps knowledge. We can know all of this. I know all of this. Oh, I don't know all of this, but I know a lot. But you've got to experience it. I love that. I love Byron Katie's The Work. Um, such a good way, you know, and such a good reminder. Nick, there's a couple of things going on in my head. I think we all have it. Um, and I just really appreciate you sharing that, that, you know, that's just a really good process to go back to and ask yourself the hard four questions and sit with a journal and reflect it. Um, yeah. I also, when I look at your CV and people listening have only sort of heard like a sliver of that, when you look at some of the things that you have already achieved um, and you look it into the future, what sort of aspirations do you have? And they might not all be business related, some might be personal, but what are some of the aspirations that you have moving forward and you go, you know, I'd really like to do that or, or feel that or experience that? What, what comes up for you? Another great question. It just comes straight in. I know it really clearly um, and what that is is what I said, uh, what I shared just before is I really want to, I really want to spend the next 50 years of my life working with humans on just bringing out their value and their voice. It's so important for me. I can do it for brands till the cows come home. And that's really important as well. But, you know, this transitioning from you know, me being this little human branding businesses to being in the business of branding humans and, and thriving. I just, I wake up every day and know that someone and not just someone, a lot of people are going to have the biggest aha moment about themselves. Because the, the one thing I've been thinking about, I think I've shared with you um, it, it, with our inner circle group is I realized only recently, I was 50 years old when I realized that we never ever physically see ourselves, right? We only ever see ourselves in the mirror. We never, we go through our whole lives never actually seeing ourselves. We can see parts of ourselves, we see reflection. Other people can see us. Other people see a lot of us. Other people probably don't want to see that much of us, you know. But it's this true understanding of it's really hard because what we see in the reflection is just what our minds create and, and, and that narrative sits there. And other people see us so clearly. And I see, I've just got this. I sound like um, that movie. I see people. Um, but I do. I just, I just see, I, you know how I work. I just, 
I just see the threads that run through someone's rich tapestry and I pull them together and we go into a value story and I can bring that to, to life with them in a story. And you see their eyes light up and go, you see me, that's it. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't see that, let alone articulate it. And that is my aspiration. I, I guess I've discovered that simple formula to activating what I call, what we call thought leadership. But really, it's the new personal brand. We don't really have a personal brand anymore because the personal and professional brand have collided through COVID. We don't really have a personal brand and then a professional brand or a leader brand. We've got our brand and we've got a thought leader brand. And that's what we stand for what we're experts in, what we will never walk past. It's our unique thumbprint of what we lead in. It's that authentic leadership, not the learned one. And I, I've discovered that simple formula to activating everyone's thought leadership, even if you don't think you're a thought leader. <laughs> and that is just aligning that vision. What do you want to do? Exactly what you just asked me. But then articulating your value. And then, of course, amplifying your voice. You can't have two of those firing and, and one not. You have to have all three. And that's activated thought leadership. It's like almonds or charcoal. <laughs> it's like activated thought leadership. Yeah, it can't be passive. Activated almonds are like. I know. <laughs> it is like activated almonds when they soak and they activate it's like, but it is, it's, um, I've seen, you know, I've seen thought leadership done by default, mostly people fall into thought leadership, but we get to design it now and, and, and we get this formula and people are getting used to what thought leadership is and we get to own it, we get to hone it, but it's a bit of work. It's great work. And I guess for me, that's my future aspirations is to get as many thought leaders activated like little almonds. Um, but coming together so that thought leadership is not an outlier. Everyone has their thought leadership as well as their professional industry knowledge. It, may, it also helps people with vocations. We've got our beautiful doctors and lawyers and frontline staff. They're also thought leaders. You know, they lead in something. And so it's really interesting working with people in vocations that feel like they're not thought leaders and you get them activated and it's like, wow, I know things. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love that. There's so much richness. I want to go back and listen to some of that uh, in terms of what you create. Now, I know you write into your wellness and your health. Um, oh. I'm just wondering what sort of rituals think that you have that you're willing to share with the audience some people do things daily, some do them monthly, some do them yearly. What are some of your practices and rituals that you do to take care of you, whether you want to do mind or body or soul or all of the above? Yeah, all of the above. There's some things that I've done in my life that have set me up for life. I guess um, one thing no one knows about me. No, it's really interesting. I was going through my own origin story, as you know, and I, I often comb through my origin story with those. And, you know, my first ever professional role was um, as an NRL cheerleader. So I was a Canberra Raiderette, one of the first. Ones. I would have never guessed that in a million years. <laughs> yep. I was out there with my uh, green, lime green, white pom-poms. And in Canberra, well, Queanbeyan back then, it was bloody freezing uh, in the middle of uh, NRL season. Sometimes it snowed and we had these white boots up to our um, knees and then, you know, three layers of stockings. <laughs> Anywho, I digress. Um, and I was also a, a personal trainer and, um, and gym instructor. I was uh, a step Reebok girl from professional cheerleader 
to professional thought leader and now professional cheerleader for thought leaders. Oh, I like that. See, you are a master at this. heard it here on Ask Shivani. Um, I digress, but um, I I guess that's when, um, you know, I I do love moving my body. I love a good boogie. I love a good dance. Um, But being that personal trainer really set me up. I love long-distance trekking. I do Oxfam every year, which is 100 kilometres in under 24 hours. Oh, that's intense. Yeah, not as intense as trekking Everest Base Camp. That was pretty intense. Um, but no, no, I did do Everest Base Camp or oh, anything in and on the water as well. So I grew up surfing. I love supping, hiking, snorkeling. And yoga is my bliss to, to centre everything. But I guess that's the non-negotiable. Um, it's doing something physical every day. I have to move to focus. And it was only um, really recently I um, discovered I was auditory kinesthetic. So I thought I was a really bad reader. I'm not a great speller, which for a brand etymologist is a really crap. Um, it holds me back. But what it is, is I couldn't read because I couldn't focus, couldn't concentrate. I wasn't that visual um, learner. And so audio kinesthetic just made complete sense to me. I listen to audio books, but I have to be moving. And I can tell you exactly where I was on any audio book when I was listening to a passage. I can tell you what, you know, I was listening, looking at or, or smelling. So that auditory style really resonates with me being brand because it involves that transfer of information through, through listening and through talking and the spoken word and self and others and sounds and noises. And that's why I love speaking um, on global stages. Everything I do in that brand, a lot of it is a spoken word. It's, it's amplifying our voice. And kinesthetic is just learning that involves physical experience. I need to touch and feel and hold and do when I need practical hands-on experience. I hug a lot, as you know, Shivani. I'm a great hugger. So really understanding. You are a great hugger. <laughs> really understanding that and embracing that has changed my view of what I'm good at or not good at. And so my rituals would, would be around, I do have to move to learn. I do have to move to grow and I need to move to focus. I'm the one who has a, you know, a phone chat lined up and got my walkers on and I'm striding and everything just flows. It's great. Or or walking a stage. I can't really sit often like this and inspire. Yeah, it's it's good to know that, isn't it? What I really like there, Nick, that you shared is that one thing is what happens, but it's also your limitations and knowing how to overcome them, knowing your restraints and knowing how to overcome them. Now, I was uh, just speaking to somebody two days ago and they said that they love my new brand, uh, which we came up with together. So I I know I'm going to connect her to you. Now, tell me if people want to connect to you and look at some work that you do. How do they go about it? What's the best place to find you or follow you? Super easy. Um, I'm very easy to find. It it works really well that Hatherley isn't such a um, <laughs> common name. So Nicole Hatherley, I think now I'm kind of on the first seven or eight pages of Google, which is awesome. As a thought leader, it really is. Um, I reckon it's really important to know that building your thought leadership and, and, and having yourself out there um, isn't like climbing a surmountable Mount Everest. It is like 
sowing a lot of seeds and, and a garden, it grows over time and people can come and pick and, you know, uh, and cross-pollinate, not giving you a birds or a bees analogy, but pick and cross-pollinate what they, uh, what they wish. However, the best way to find me, I'm prolific on LinkedIn, um, but it's um, uh, brandtruenorth.com. Uh, my signature program, as you know, is called Brand Your Way. Um, we have been sold out all year. We're actually um, opening our doors in July um, for the first time this year again because we've been sold out. And as you know, it's a small, intimate um, group of people that go through this course uh, for five weeks. And it's incredible in uh, designing your thought leadership. It is articulating your value. As you know, you do your value map, you do your origin story, you do lots of incredible, um, use incredible tools and frameworks that I use on massive big brands. We use them on you. And the changes you've seen, Shivani, through um, everyone that goes through is just really profound. It does set you up for life. And so that's where you'll find me. Or Nicole at brandtruenorth.com. Awesome. That is fantastic. We didn't have enough time. We needed another three hours together to do that. <laughs> I'm so grateful that you came on the podcast, so grateful with your energy and excitement. And thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing what you do, not only what you've done for me and hundreds of others, but thank you just for being on today. Oh, thank you for having me and, and just sharing that belief that you and I share that thought leadership is the new currency in the no like and trust economy. And we're all making this up as we go in this new normal. So, but we get to shape this new normal business world and let's do it human by human. And let's bring our whole humanity to work and really focus on what matters and what impact and legacy that we would like to leave and what the world needs from us right now. That is awesome. Thank you, Nick. I'm Shivani Gupta, and you've been listening to the Ask Shivani podcast, where I got to ask some questions. Thank you so much for listening. Please follow Ask Shivani on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And if you haven't done so, please go to the Apple podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It would mean a lot. Thank you. Thank you.